gonna be one of those <laughs> those recordings. It's gonna be feral in here. Wild. Wild. I was thinking, should we ever like introduce ourselves in the podcast? I think we did that for the first two episodes. No, no, nope. we're just okay. Why would we? if you're here? You're here. You know what's happening. If or you're you here, don't, and you're okay with that, you love us. <laughs> Probably. To be here is to love us. Ah, uh, I like that. That will be my tramp stamp. <laughs> you don't have one already. You're a fake millennial. I know. I don't know. I feel like that was more of a Gen Z thing. Sorry, I had to burp. (laughs) (laughs) That's what that, that was so gross. Uh, I'm getting sick (laughs) and there's just like a lot of things happening in my body right now. (laughs) Ew. Yeah. That's disgusting. That was like that time that my youngest, when she was like two or three, farted and then looked around and went, what happened to my body? You didn't tell me that story. It was so funny. Uh, I was like, well, that's a toot, sweets. That's a toot. Oh, man. What were you going to say? Oh, just that I, um, the reason that the Sabrini episode has been delayed is that I was sick and then real busy and now... I was like, okay, I'm going to work on it today because I have a day off. I have been watching uh, Jen mm-hmm. English, who or Jennifer English, who voices Shadowheart in Baldur's Gate 3. You know nothing about this, but I've just been watching her and her lovely girlfriend, Eliona, stream the game and also just talk. And I've been watching that for like five hours today. So I have not even started editing that episode. I'm going to have to do it tomorrow. Sid. Don't tell me this stuff. <laughs> Don't tell me that. Okay, to be fair, today was the, the rage. Today was the only day that I could have worked on it. We don't get like, days off. No, I'm just kidding. I just meant that the other days <laughs> I wouldn't have been able to work on it. So right. I, it's really like today has been the only day that presented itself where I could have chosen to work on it and I did not. So I'm going to have to do not. that tomorrow. <laughs> And I chose not. They're just so cute. They met on the game. None of those words made any sense to me. Okay. That's fine. So yeah, you guys don't get Sabrina on time because Sid chose door number three instead of <laughs> instead of doing it. So it's one day. I have nothing further to say on that. And that is why I don't feel badly about punishing you with tonight's subject matter. God. So you brought this on yourself. <laughs> this is what you get. The clips you sent me last night, <laughs> it was, it was so uncomfortable. I know. Like I carefully curated those for you. Yeah, I could. They were how the the two the two first ones you sent of the microscope scene and <laughs> them like having their breakup in the woods. They were so deeply uncomfortable and so like I was like, God, this clip seems like it's like. 20 minutes and they were like three minute clips yes oh my god ever yeah no i agree so (laughs) riley what are you allegedly going to ruin for me it's always been ruined yeah you never you never had a connection to it um Mm -mm. today for myself and potentially some of our listeners uh i might be ruining the twilight series Ha, 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 ha. 
Everybody knows that song, though. Everybody knows it. Uh, yeah. I mean, it you was, it was it. a good soundtrack. I can say that. It was. I actually am going to talk about that a lot because the soundtrack for pretty much every movie slaps, as you kids say. It's good. It's good music. So there is that. Somebody was somebody was looking out for the the files. God, I'm tired. Somebody was <laughs> looking out for our ears. Yep. Our ear holes in yeah. some ways. <laughs> I remember getting the first book and trying to read it and am I jumping the am no. I jumping the no, gun? You go. Okay. So I remember getting the first book and trying to read it. I, I think it it probably came out when I was in middle school. I'm sure you'll talk about it. Like, I will. It was it was definitely either early high school or middle school. And I remember I love a good read in the bath and I did not make it far. Like a percentage point, I maybe was able to read like 5%. Like I read a few chapters, if that. And I was like, I can't do this. Like I can't, I can't do this. And I think I may, I may have actually thrown the books away or probably donated them. See, okay. Because I believe, and I might be wrong, but I thought that like mom and or dad bought the first book for you and then you didn't like it. So they gave it to me. And that's how I ended up reading them. Oh, no, that could be it. I just, oh, no, I tried to throw Kelsey's out because I was like, these won't be in my house. Never mind. <gasps> was Kelsey Twihard? Yeah. <gasps> oh. Yeah, and we, she will not, I think now just because she's stubborn, she doesn't, like, she thinks Twilight's dumb. I think now just because she knows I don't want them in my domain, in my my home, my sacred place. Like, I think she's just like, no, we're going to keep them. And I'm like, just donate them. You're never going to, you don't even like them. And uh, yeah, so they're in the closet somewhere because they will not go on a shelf. You realize that's exactly something that you would do as well, right? Yeah, no, it's- <laughs> Okay. It's you why guys we're are both perfect beautiful match. and terrible. Yeah. <laughs> that's oh, awesome. Yeah. They're beautiful book covers, actually. Yeah, they're fine. So there's that. They're Book covers are nice, yeah. Aesthetically pleasing. Um, but yes, I think that is how they, or how I came to read them, is that you had tried, didn't like it, and so mom and dad were like, here, maybe you'll like it. Which, now that I'm thinking that, I'm like, should I be insulted? Uh, but I did like <laughs> them, so I guess. They're like, your little sister thinks these are trash, but maybe they'll be for your reading level. Yeah, and yeah. Here you go. Maybe they'll be good for you. No, I think it's because mom and dad bought like I think they maybe bought more than one maybe or they just didn't want to waste books who knows and they're just like here why waste a good book or a, a book I was going to say well yeah <laughs> why, why, why do that to a tree you know yeah trees have done enough for us okay the Twilight series was a 2000s phenomenon and combined many themes that you know young adults and teens go nuts for you got hot vampires. You got love triangles and you got eternal love. The book series has sold over 100 million copies worldwide and the films have earned 3.341 billion dollars worldwide. So just let that sink in. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> you letting it sink? Okay, it keep on that sink. It sunk. All right. Titanic levels. I did devour these books. Like I read the first one, and they're they're long books. I read the first one. I distinctly remember going to Walmart late at night to get the next book in the series. So I 
I really did love these books. And I also went to many of the midnight showings back in the day. Yeah. Uh, but after after revisiting the series recently, I, I do have <laughs> thoughts and feelings. And prayers. And prayers. Uh, but before my thoughts and prayers and feelings, let's talk a little bit about the author, Stephanie Meyer. And I'm sorry if my voice is scratchy. My throat really is hurting. It's okay. So Stephanie, this has always struck me as so strange. Stephanie is a Mormon and member of the LDS Church. She still is. And regarding the Twilight series, she has said, quote, unconsciously, I put a lot of my basic beliefs into the story. Free agency is a big theme. And she also considers herself a feminist, stating, quote, the world is a better place when women are in charge. Okay. Go ahead. Oh, man, where do we unpack? It's just, can I say, I don't know if you can be a Mormon and a feminist. I mean, whatever. They already don't want me to get married, so I'm going to say it. Like, Right. No, and I think that's why I'm confused in many ways. Uh, I really, that's all I have on her because this really isn't about her. It's just about the series and its popularity and how it affected mostly my childhood. But I just kind of put that in there because I've always thought that's a little bit odd. And I think it's odd that her beliefs, according to her, are something that she used in the books. So anyway, that's just kind of food for thought. We're not going to spend a lot of time on it. Uh, The only other thing I will say about her is just other books she has written. So she wrote a book called The Host uh, in 2008. That is an adult sci-fi novel about a young woman and a parasitic soul that possesses her body. Uh, I did read that book. It wasn't a bad book. I forgot they made a movie out of that. Uh, but I, I saw the movie. Did you? Yeah. Okay. And that was eh? I remember nothing other than like, oh, I, I saw that movie. Okay, fantastic. The book was fine. Uh, she has also written Life and Death, Twilight Reimagined. That was in 2015. Okay. It's just a gender-swapped retelling of Twilight about a boy named Bo Swan who falls in love with a vampire named Edith Cullen. I don't really understand the point of this, but it's been written, so. Do you think it's because she got so much flack for it being, like, really creepy and anti-feminist that she was like, here, we'll do a gender swap and now it works? I really don't know because, quite honestly, and we'll probably get into it a little bit more, but... Truthfully, I would say that Edward is just as obsessed with Bella as she is with him, that they're both, I mean, it's unhealthy as hell, Yeah. but I wouldn't say that it's actually that lopsided. Like, I feel like they're both okay. just as obsessed with each Equally other. Equally gross. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's unhealthy, but it, it's equal. So there there's that. Mm. Uh, people might okay. disagree with me and that's fine. She also wrote Midnight Sun in 2020, and this is just Twilight as told from Edward's perspective. Uh, The novel had been in the works for quite a long time, actually, but she stopped writing it briefly in 2008 when 12 chapters of it were leaked online. Uh, And I guess it got finished in 2020. I have not read that. No, you're not picking it up late at night. Again, I I don't know. I don't know what else I would get from just hearing it from this perspective. That is that's very much like a fan fiction thing to do. Well, and I'm pretty sure Fifty Shades of Grey did that as well it's very much a it's one of my least fan fiction trips uh least favorite i mean of, okay i don't know if you could even say it's really i guess it'd be a trope but i hate where it's like here's chapter one and it's like two thousand three thousand words and then they're like here's chapter two and you're like okay cool i'm really into this and then you're like this is it's not even the characters are separate it's literally the same things but just rehashed through somebody i, I hate that to me it's lazy 
Yeah, I guess I just unless you can or, like, truly in, offer know, lazy, like indulgent. Yeah, I think that is a good word for it. Well, it's like the gender swapping story. What's going to be different about that, really? It to me, it says, and I think this is common for creators. Um, some I think just do a better job of handling it. I think it's the like you love this thing and you don't know how to move on from it and you don't know how to uh. just like let it go. I think uh, we've seen that with J.K. Rowling, and I mean you've seen it a ton. Like think of how many TV shows where you're like, God, this really should have ended like two seasons ago. Yeah, you're and right. obviously that has to do with like money and whatnot, and I'm sure that factors into it. But sometimes I think it's just like people love their characters and world so much that they can't just be like no this this is probably finished this should be finished so they try mm-hmm. and find a way to like legitimize going back and i mean isn't that the whole kill your darlings thing like i don't know what that means pause because now i'm like oh no did i use it wrong no i'm sure you didn't i i feel like i'm, I'm so like i can be like really confident in myself and like strong-willed but then you'll be like oh is that what it means and you're not even like challenging me but then I'm like maybe it's not I don't know and it, like, it listen I don't know okay I, I know nothing I'm sorry Oberto. <laughs> okay well anyway are you ready for some trivia okay let's go my little spider monkey <laughs> stuff and things and thoughts and feelings okay mm-hmm. Sid Riley how old is Edward Cullen Um, twelve hundred years old. Oh, way way younger. Six hundred years old. Younger. Two two hundred years old. Eh, you're you're getting closer. Uh, he's in New Moon. At least he's a hundred and nine years old. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. Huh. It's something else that I've been thinking about a lot with the whole vampire human love story mm-hmm. is there is such an element of creepiness because they almost always fall in love with a young teenage or young adult person. And the vampire is usually supposed to be at least like a hundred or so years old. What's, I mean, what's behind that? And I mean, isn't that a little creepy? I mean, even if you think of like uh, oh, yeah. Buffy and Angel, I'm like, so you're telling yeah. me that you're a few hundred years old, but you have stuff in common with this 17, 18 year old person. And it, it's okay yeah. just because you still look like you're 18. Yeah. No, I mean, I think that is a conversation that comes up a lot with these sto- sorts of stories is that it really asks you to suspend a lot of disbelief. Mm-hmm. especially when they're like oh like this vampire is like a thousand years old but uh they're with like a 22 year old and i think even i think even um edward cullen actor was talking about like he's like over 100 years old why would he just keep doing high school over again like, i have that in my notes yes oh yeah sorry to no no that is but like if you if you could like all pretty much live forever like why would you be like you know what I'm gonna do I'm gonna go to high school I'd be like no I'm at least like I'm gonna look young and hot forever but I'm not going to pretend I have a like no rights like I can't yeah. drive maybe I can't smoke if I wanted to I can't <laughs> like buy alcohol and I'm just like no you know what I want to the most empowered state especially <laughs> for us would be like let's be 
women. No, let's be 16-year-old girls forever. <laughs> right. I'm going to go back to high school and date a high schooler. Why would you date a high schooler? Yeah. They're terrible. I Yeah, it never... It doesn't make it's sense. Just, it's, it, it does not. It does not. And you're, it's it's just creepy. Yeah, it's just creepy. It's really hard to make it not creepy. Yes. Okay. We're agreed on that. I would much rather, I think I would find it less creepy if like you had, especially if you had like a dude who's a vampire and say he's like a hundred and something years old, but then he was he's like super into like a lady in her forties or something. Like I would find that less creepy. Yeah, fine. Because she's had some life experience. You guys probably yeah. have something to talk about. Like, you're undead and you're dating, what, a cheerleader. What are you going to talk about? What is there? Where's the connection? I think it's a sexual connection and I think it's creepy and wrong. Yes, and that you're right. That's what makes it, like, extra creepy. It's like, no, I they're just attractive. <laughs> like, they're just really hot and I like that I look like I'm a teenager, but I'm an adult and I have adult experiences, but I can date a 16-year-old. <laughs> Ugh. Okay. Anyway. Question number two. Uh, which Twilight movie made the most money? Um, I don't even know how many there are. So I'll just say. The- there are five because the last book what? was split into two. Oh, yeah. I watched okay. all five movies this last week, by the way. Okay. Wait. I, how many books? There are four books? Four books, but they split the last one into two movies. I thought there were three books. No, there's four. There's Twilight. Okay. New Moon, Eclipse, and Breaking Dawn. Okay, four too many, but here we go. Um, uh, maybe the last one. You are correct. Mm. And according to Screen Rant, uh, and the reference will be in the show notes, uh, it made $800 million. <laughs> I ju- I ju- <laughs> this is all going to have to be on video. I'm just going to have to release the video. <laughs> I just... <laughs> Here, <laughs> get it out. Let it out. Okay, so I have I have a group of friends, and and they're all wonderful, very smart, talented women, and they all became friends because of Twilight, and they're still very into Twilight. Okay, and so I almost was like, "Hey guys, you should listen to this episode," and then I was like, "You shouldn't," because I don't. <laughs> it seems me- like it seems mean. I I guess my thing with fandoms and stuff is don't like unless it's really fucked up don't um yuck someone's yum yeah if it doesn't like let people like what they like i still think you should be able to critique things and i think if things are super fucked up then like yeah it's it's okay to be like that's that's messed up that you know media is really messed up whatever yeah of course but i feel like it'd be so douchey to be like hey you guys love this thing and i don't like it listen to me talk about how stupid i think it is (laughs) yeah but i don't might be a little much here's here's the thing i don't think that people i think twilight is trash. I don't think people who like Twilight are trash because I'm like, look, I watched all seven seasons of The L Word, and that's a oh, horrible show. That. Okay, <laughs> no, no, you shouldn't. It's terrible. I was watching it actively, being like, this is dumb. Like, mm-hmm. as seasons went on, I've watched so much reality TV show. Like, I, I truly believe that oh. you can you can like problematic media, and you can also like media that is quote unquote not good uh-huh. or not highbrow or whatever and it doesn't it's it shouldn't be a comment on your intelligence yes yeah that's a really 
that's a really important line to draw, I think, because yes, oh, the reality television that I enjoy on a regular basis, Barrel Full of Monkeys, like I I can't and won't feel guilty over it anymore. It's comfort. It lets mm-hmm. me turn my brain off. I get to watch it because I want to watch it. Exactly. And so my my biggest thing with Twilight is just that because it was like such a huge phenomena that like I just had it forced upon me. Um, <laughs> and then on top of that, I'm just like, I think young girls deserve better. Like, I think mm-hmm. we just like we deserve a young straight women. I'm like, I think they deserve better media and representations of themselves. It's yeah. that's kind of like my my thing. Uh, so this this is going to be a lot of Twilight bashing for me, but I'm not bashing those who like it. That's that's good. That's if you important. want to take it that way, you, you can because I don't care that much about. Yeah, I mean those are your feelings, but whatever. Yeah, if it's Go with upsetting God. you, please don't listen. We don't want you to be upset. Mostly, we don't want to hear about you being upset when that's, you could control whether or not it. you're upset by not listening. <laughs> Have some agency. We're not going to coddle you. You're no. an adult. Like you are an adult. This is a podcast by adults for adults. Yeah. Okay. Question. Final question number three. Ready. In the book, Edward and Bella's first kiss is outside her truck after leaving the meadow that they always are chilling in. But where, Sid, was their first kiss in the movie? Um. It's a very basic place, if that helps. Is it just like at school? No. Is it in a tree? No, no but I mean, that's not a bad guess. No, they weren't spider monkeying at the time. <laughs> okay. No spider monkeys involved. I I don't know then. It was in Bella's bedroom. Oh, yeah. I forgot she would have to live somewhere. In her bed. Oh. Mm, it's a little risque for a first kiss. Spider monkey lock. <laughs> don't. <laughs> ever. Oh. <laughs> Oh, what? You're going to start calling Kelsey my little spider monkey. Then she should smack you over the head with those books. (laughs) I'm telling her immediately never to get rid of those. I hope you don't have her number. I don't yet, but I bet mom will give it to me. Yeah, It's weird. Do you just hate her? And that's why you guys, I mean, we've been together for like eight years. No, I literally hate her. And so I've never texted her. (laughs) Now that I know she likes Twilight, I'm like, "Mm, okay, you know what? I will, I will give you my sister's hand in marriage. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't plan on being walked down the aisle, but you're just going to get up and do it anyways. (laughs) I was going to say, someone has to give you away. You're not allowed to do it yourself, you dumb woman. How are you supposed to get down the aisle by yourself? I might get get lost, lost, you stupid idiot. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Calm down. All right. So since there are literally five movies in this franchise, I'm going to do the retelling a little differently than I normally do. I'm just going to do a brief synopsis for each. And then we're going to discuss three categories. Most cringeworthy line, Mm. memorable songs, and famous names. All right? Okay. I think that's a good idea. Okay. Well, we're starting with uh, the namesake, Twilight. The book was published in 2005. So how old would you have been? I would have been in middle school. Um, Okay. Oh. What? 
hold up. I would have been a sophomore. And I was four. So I was four grades behind you. Yes. Oh, so I would have been like sixth or seventh grade. That young, huh? Now, this also doesn't mean this is when you received it either, but it would have been sometime after 2005. Yeah. So I would have been, I think I was like in seventh. It would have come out when I was in like seventh grade, roughly. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Uh, And then the movie was released in theaters in November of 2008. The first movie was directed by Catherine Hardwick. She was the one to pick Kristen Stewart for the role of Bella. So I have beef with her. Bad choice. I think Kristen Stewart might have beef with her. Well, I I don't give a shit about who Kristen Stewart has beef with. Uh, The screenplay for all the movies, all the movies, was written by Melissa Rosenberg. She's written a lot of other stuff. Uh, She's been a producer on a lot of other stuff. I meant to write a list, but I believe I saw during my research that she was also the, also wrote the screenplay for Step Up, which I, I love. I love that movie. (laughs) Hold on. I'm looking her up right now. Okay. Yeah. Because she has a lot of credits to her name. Hey, look, I mean, I might hate the movies, but she's definitely more successful than I am. So good on her. She's more successful than all of us. Yeah, she's making that money, that twi-twi money. Oh, so, okay, so let's go through this. She was the executive producer and showrunner of The Jessica Jones Show. Oh. Uh, She was executive producer on Dexter. Oh, I really loved Dexter. Yes. Um... What the hell else? Okay, writer. Okay, she was the writer on Jessica Jones as well. Uh, we got all the Twilights, obviously. Step Up, she did yeah. the screenplay. Birds of Prey, she did the story. I really like Birds of Prey. Yeah, so I mean, she's, yeah, she's not no one. Yeah, yeah. No, it'd be interesting to read the script to see, like, if reading the script, like, is the script better than the book and also better than the movies? Because a lot of it is actor performance and direction. Mm -hmm. I know it's kind of hard to separate it. I was trying to do that as I was watching. Like, okay, if there were different actors doing this, would the screenplay come across as better? And I I could not figure it out. And also, I want to put it, like, it's not just on the actors. It is on... Like, who is directing them. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. which cuts are being taken. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. there is that. There is that. Uh, here is mm-hmm. my synopsis. Let's go. New girl Bella Swan is hit on by most every guy in school, but is intrigued by the pale and standoffish Edward who can't seem to stand her smell. You know what girls and like women love is just like sniffing at them and being like, Ooh. <laughs> he literally that mystery. I don't think it was part of the clip that I sent you because that was like the second time they were in chemistry or whatever together. But the first time she walks into class and the fan hits her hair, he literally goes like that. He covers his entire <laughs> nose and shrinks <laughs> down when she walks into the classroom. <laughs> like. He has no chill. It's like he's never smelled a human before, but she just smells that good. That alluring. I think it uh I think that is a device to make it less creepy almost, even though it makes it more creepy, but of, of like even though he's like a hundred and something, he couldn't resist her. Like it's out of his control. Yeah. A human has never smelled so sexy. Yeah, it's like animal instincts took over and yeah. they just had to be together. Yeah, you're right. Because they both like 
Mm, that snuffle. Such a good <laughs> snuffle snuff. <laughs> okay. What? <laughs> what? It was just a stupid story. Just tell your stupid story. Okay. Okay. Uh, when I was playing, when I was playing hockey, I like came home from a game and I was, you know, sitting on the floor getting all my gear off, and I heard snuffs, and on one shoulder was Yaro sniffing like oh. so into the smell of my sweat, and on the other side was Kelsey. <laughs> you look and like she, creeps. Yeah, and she was like, "We both just love how you smell." <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, okay. I don't feel like I've ever had anybody say that to me. No, I've I've had multiple women tell me my sweat smells good. Huh. And then Yarrow like will try and lick it off of me. Okay. All right. Yeah, I don't know if there's a medical condition I should be concerned about. And me or them. Well, I mean, at least it's creating like a positive for you. So I would just go mm-hmm. ahead and leave that medical yeah, it's condition. A net, it's a, keep it a net gain, I think. Leave it alone. Leave it alone. Time will tell. All right. Continue upsetting me. Uh, So I can't get over how blue dabba-dee-dabba-dye this movie is. The lighting, did you notice that? The lighting is wild. Oh, yeah. And apparently this is a Catherine Hardwick thing. She also used it in her first film, 13, to make it seem more gritty. Clearly, we couldn't comprehend that Forks is dreary and vampires are cold without the blue filter. It is so blue. It is so funny. I think I've seen some like some of the scenes if they were like color corrected to be normal. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it it's like whenever um any movie is like, and then they went to Mexico, and all of a sudden there's just like that yellow orange filter. It's just yeah. the opposite of that. And yes, it's so like, and I know movies need to have color correction, and like Batman. I mean, Batman movies use a ton of like blue and whatnot. I'm gonna say. Those it feels a little bit more warranted, mm-hmm. uh, but this it's just it's so heavy-handed. Um, yes, yeah, it just like makes you sad. And they're like, "Hey, hey, remember we're in Washington? It's really rainy and, and cloudy. Dramatic. Uh huh. Dramatic. You guys, do you guys understand this? Do you understand what's going on? You understand why they live in Washington? Okay, so here's my note about." Why do the Cullen kids choose to go to high school? They sort of explain this idea by saying that if they start younger in a place, they can stay there longer. But like homeschooling, I don't like why again. And it's not like they go there because they're like, oh, my gosh, we're just so social and we love socializing with high schoolers. They all sit at their own table and don't talk to anybody every lunch like they don't want to be there. Yeah, and I love how it's, it, it kind of seems like it's this, we have to blend in, and then they act so fucking weird yes. and standoffish. I feel like it would make more sense if you were, like, they're all in college, because you can pull off, like, 20s yeah, for a real long time. For a long time. And, yeah, exactly. You can go to college for a long time. You can pull off that, like, ambiguous, how old is that person? And then two, if they just are like disappearing a lot to do secret vampire things, it's just like, oh yeah, you know, our son Eddie went back to school or like, oh, Eddie. he's taking a leap year and he's going to uh, Ibiza. <laughs> exactly. Because anytime the sun comes out, the Cullen kids are gone. And they're like, oh yeah, yeah. their dad pulls them out for camping whenever the weather's nice. It's like the school would be calling being like, excuse me, Dr. Cullen? You you need to stop doing that. Please. Also, those 
do those ch- those children do not look like they have ever camped in their very long lives. Like, no. I would absolutely like as a teacher, I would be like something nefarious is going on. Like, yeah. I would be so concerned for those kids. Yes, and I'd be like, your dad is so creepy. Why does he take you? Like, where is he taking you? Are you okay? The answer is no. It's just no. No one's okay, and everyone's creepy. Uh, the villain in this movie is named James, and he is played by Cam. I don't know how to say his last name, and I didn't learn it because he's terrible in this. Uh, Gigantid? Gigantid? Uh, He was in the OC, apparently. Uh. And he, do you remember him? He is so over the top. The way he shows us that he's evil is when he's Mm -hmm. staring at Bella, he does this. And you can't see me, people, but I'm just just cocking my head and narrowing my eyes. And then he'll do like a little, he'll sniffer. He'll do a little bit Uh, of sniffing. Sniffing. Yeah. A little snuffle. Yes. And we're supposed to believe that this vampire is so obsessed with killing Bella that he goes to her mom's house, finds a home video to trick Bella into thinking that he has her mom, lures her to her childhood ballet studio to kill her, and tries to record it on the camcorder he stole from her mom's house. What? You would think that, like, being alive for so long, how is everyone so dumb? Like, how have they not accidentally, how has he not accidentally, like, tripped on, like, a a branch and killed killed himself? Just, like... Mm, That's not how these vampires die. Oh. He can trip on as many branches as he wants. He's tripping on them all over the place. It's It's just branches coming out of him. It's like, fuck these branches. They don't do anything to me. (laughs) They don't do shit, bitch. I'm look at me sparkle. God damn it. Yeah. Look at me spackle. And again, as a kid, when I was reading it, I was just like, oh my gosh, like it's so like intense and scary. And, and of course, Edward comes and saves her. I mean, obviously. But yeah. that part, when I rewatched it, I was like, so he's supposed to be like some sort of psychopath serial killer, but he's a vampire. Like what? None of it Why made sense. It? He spent so much time researching, like Googling her mom's address, like going through the home videos. <laughs> He's just sitting amongst, I'm just imagining him amongst like a pile of VHS tapes. Just like, I don't. It's like, oh, this is an old recording of Everybody Loves Raymond. <laughs> <laughs> That'll get her. That'll, what, what I don't understand is like she's an actual child and and he is a grown-up times like a hundred uh-huh and I'm like why why doesn't he just do normal kidnapping technique or just like if he he is a magical being I'm like you could just take her out of her house yeah. or on the way to school or leaving school it's more than that Sid because it's all about the game to him well, they could play checkers after he grabs her. <laughs> it's just, it's a wild and he's so bad in it, but they do kill him. And so the way you have to kill a vampire in these mm-hmm. is you have to at least take their head off. But a lot of the times other limbs are taken off as well and you got to burn them. That's hardcore. I like that. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, you know, they, they make it count. Yeah, I don't think that any of these vampires are like hardcore enough and cool enough to earn that. It definitely seems like if anybody was going to get a splinter and die, it definitely seems like it would be any of these vampires. But I do love a good like monster beheading. There's a handful of them actually throughout the series. 
Are you ready for the most cringeworthy lines in this movie? Okay, hit me. I think you know the first one, and that one is, you better hold on tight, spider monkey. (laughs) (laughs) I recently came across, because my my Instagram reels feed is just cat videos. Of course. And like people reenacting Twilight. And so I recently (laughs) came across the spider monkey one and lost it because I did not remember that because we should are we going to talk about why I've seen these films oh we will we will talk about it we'll talk about your pain don't worry thank you so the interesting thing about this line is that it was not written by screenplay writer Melissa Rosenberg but by Catherine Hardwick herself oh which makes a lot of sense uh she wrote it the night before filming this scene along with what i can only assume were other terrible choices because rosenberg couldn't during the writer's strike and Catherine hardwick apparently thought that she needed to add this line for edward to say before putting her on his back and shooting through the trees (laughs) and allegedly this is the line that robert pattinson picked from her from her list I imagine at that point, like both him and Kristen Stewart knew, like, this is why have we done this? And I like to think they were actively just like, let's tank this. Let's just. Maybe. Maybe. Let's go. I I, I don't want to just turn this into like a Kristen Stewart bashing, but I cannot. Okay. The way you feel about Twilight is the way I feel about Kristen Stewart as a whole. Have you have you seen her in other stuff though? I saw her in what have I seen her in? I've seen her in a few other things. I saw her in the Charlie's Angels remake and I will say I didn't hate her in that. But there are so many people out there that are like, "Oh my gosh, she's like incredible." I don't think she's incredible. I think she's passable in other stuff. She's actually she's really good in The Runaways. I know. I know you like that movie. I know you like her in it. Yeah. I just, I can't. She ruined herself for me in these movies. That's that's fine. That's fair. I mean, that is the risk, I think, when you're acting is that you're like, if I pick a role, there's a chance that I'm alienating people. Mm-hmm. And obviously, once again, I don't think she's going to be listening to this and like, oh, no. She might don't be. don't like me. Oh, <laughs> I would. I wouldn't be so sure, Sid. We have We do reach. have a... We have so much reach. So much, like from here to here, the way where I'm reaching here my hands. Here. here to here. Uh huh. There to there. Second most cringeworthy line in the baseball scene. Rosalie, oh God, the baseball scene refers to Emmett as my monkey man, and she <laughs> says it just like that. This was also not written by Melissa Rosenberg, who, in fact, in interviews later said she was not sure who added those lines and why and wished she would have been a producer as well. So she could have had final say (laughs) on whether those made it into the final cut. Truly, truly a victim as well. Yes. Poor Melissa. All right. Let's move on to the most memorable songs from this movie. So there's. You'll probably know some of these, but you'd have to listen to them. So, Flightless Bird, American Mouth, song by Iron and Wine. How dare they? I really love this song, though. And they dance to it at yeah. the prom. Ugh, I hate that. Because I love I this song, and I it just... <sighs> Fucking Twilight. 
And then probably the most memorable song of the entire franchise was the one that I so beautifully sang at the beginning. And that one is called Eyes on Fire by Blue Foundation. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. The one. Okay, so big names. We obviously know Kristen Stewart and Robert Pattinson play Bill and Edward. The big name I want to point out in this first movie is Anna Kendrick as Jessica. Yes. Yes. And honestly, she's kind of painted as the villain in the books, but I loved her as I was rewatching. Her lines and her delivery are spectacular. She's probably the only one in the entire series who could actually like deliver a line correctly. Only one who is like making it work. Yes, she was good. I I loved her in it. No no notes. <laughs> no notes. No, none. She's no she's notes. flawless. Uh okay, so that's Twilight in a nutshell. So now we're on to New Moon. Book published in 2006, released in theaters November 2009, so just a year after Twilight was released. This one was directed by Chris White. Uh he also directed About a Boy and the Golden Compass among other things. I mean, I, d- I didn't see them, so no, no. Wow, my mic just got a lot louder. Uh, also, no comment. <laughs> I have nothing to add. Did you read the Golden Compass series? I didn't, no. <sighs> Who? Okay, I thought one of us did. Or maybe, was that the one Dad wouldn't let us read because he thought it was, like, anti-Christian? It might be. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that's what I remember it as. I've been meaning to read it. I know, I kind of have been, too. Okay, here's my synopsis. Okay. Edward goes on and on and on about how he would expose himself to the Volturi if he ever had to commit suicide, while Bella begs him to turn her into a vampire. Oh, and then he leaves her in Forks for a while to protect her. Uh, I remember crying during this book. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to be real. I'm going to be vulnerable. I'm going to tell you all of it. I cried during this book. I was so sad when he left her. I was I was heartbroken. Do you know what's crazy is I'm realizing now, like I thought a little bit when we are like going to see these and whatnot, like I kind of thought you knew it was stupid. And now I'm realizing like, you know, you were actually all about it. Oh, yeah. No, I was fully invested. That's why I dragged you I just you to forgot these. And, I've, and I've tried to retcon my own memory just to make it feel better. Yeah, you did drag <laughs> me to these. Just so you don't have to be disappointed in me. Yeah, a little. <laughs> no, I, I love the idea because you were like, you were such a like, you were like cutting class and writing <laughs> fuck all on your closet doors and shit. And I love the idea Ow. that you were just also like crying, <laughs> crying at Twilight. I was also smoking cloves. Don't forget that. Hell yeah, you were. <laughs> that purse you gave me, I had it. <laughs> for years like into college and it still smelled it still smelled like cloves this is my favorite cutting class story now because it's been long enough for it to be funny Mm -hmm. so I was as you said cutting class driving around in my champagne Honda Accord and (laughs) I Veronica (laughs) she wasn't Veronica to me but yes Veronica to you I pass mom at a four-way stop (laughs) She looks at me. I look at her. Our eyes meet. I pedal to the metal, turn my ass around, go back up to the school. When she calls me on it later, I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. That wasn't me. And she was like, are you fucking kidding? She didn't say this, but she's like, girl, are you fucking kidding me? And then she goes, 
you have purple windshield wipers. I know it was you. And like we made eye contact, like long also, eye contact as we drove by. <laughs> she's like, you fucking idiot. And she's like, no, I was at the school. I don't know what, I don't know who you saw. Learning, mom. Yeah. Learning. Just learning stuff. I, I really, kids are so dumb and confident. It's why we make so many stupid decisions. I truly thought I could just look her in the eyes and tell her that that wasn't me. Her daughter of 17 years with the purple windshield wipers. And the car driving with the Driving through town. The car, the car with the training bra. And that she would just be like, oh, sweetie, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry I accused you of that. How rude of me. God, I yeah, you and you and mom and dad got into a lot of fights when you were in high school because you yeah, because I was being a stupid dumb. idiot. Yeah. I was just doing shit to do shit. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna. I'm I remember. Gonna get mine. I do remember that one time that you cut you and <laughs> cut class and just like went to Walmart because what else were you going to do? And you guys ran into mom. Oh, I don't even remember that one. I remember this was pre her. We're probably gonna have to bleep names. Mm-hmm. Um, this was like. And we decided we wanted to go to the street dance. And so we did. And then we ran into. (laughs) And we were just like, hey, you know, I just played it off. And then, of course, we're like, hey, we ran into Riley at the street dance. And again, I was like, no, I wasn't there. Wasn't me. They've known family friends his entire life. No. Mm -hmm. No. We chatted, but it obviously wasn't me. No. No. Wasn't me. They were, yeah, they were probably wasted, unlike me, who was praying at church <laughs> and not reading the Golden Compass. So you're welcome. Oh my gosh, kids are dumb. So dumb. So dumb. Okay, back to New Moon. Okay, one thing I noticed about Edward in this movie is that he's in a suit jacket during a lot of the early scenes for no apparent reason. He's supposed to be Just vibing. a teenager. <laughs> And yet in this movie, and only this movie, he's just like in a suit jacket. And I I didn't notice that the first time around, and I don't know why he's doing it. Well, he has an internship at Geico between class. Oh, I did wonder because it doesn't seem like any of them work, but maybe maybe he does have an after-school job. I really, even though I had to see all of these or most of them. Most of them, yeah. I do not remember. I didn't see Twilight in theaters, and I don't think I saw New Moon in theater either, so it might have just been the last three. No, I think... Did we see New Moon? Maybe I just didn't go to the midnight showing of New Moon. Yeah, I'm pretty... Because I don't think I ended up seeing the last few. Okay. So it must have so been I think the we middle ended up, two? I think we went to like three. I, yeah, I, mean, I, I, think, okay. I think I went to... It was either one through three or like two through... Four, maybe? I know I didn't see the first one in theaters because I kind of okay. came on to it after it came out. And I remember having to wait for it to come out on oh, DVD. Tragic. Yeah. I, okay. So I think, I do think you took me to the second one and definitely okay. like the third, maybe that. the fourth. Yeah. Yeah. It might have been. I think all that might those. be it. My next note is about the clip that I sent you when Edward breaks up with Bella. Why does he lead her out into the woods next to her house to break up with her? And then he leaves her there. Like, he couldn't do it on the porch. And the way she she goes, no, don't. 
just like that. And we're supposed <laughs> no. to believe that she is like falling apart. She's literally like comatose. I can't. I can't with her. <laughs> I don't know how you're talking about that scene and not talking about the I'm coming. And then I don't <laughs> want you to come. <laughs> because I who was both uncomfortable and cackling. <laughs> it was dirty so- bird. It was so horrible. That is the thing that's constantly clipped, though. Have you not seen that? It's just like the awkward. Like, I thought it was awkward clipping. But then I was like, oh, my God. No, that is actually the pacing of that scene. (laughs) Yes. Oh, the whole thing is awful. There's so many pauses. And that I just, but I couldn't. Twitching and. Yes, the twitching. and No, don't. And then it sort of looks like the camera's falling. And I'm like, did the cameraman just get so fucking bored that he just like toppled over? Took a little nap. Would not would not blame him. I I just uh no, I'll save it for when for when we talk about us going to see these in person. Ooh, okay. Okay, okay. Uh most cringeworthy line in this movie is from Jacob when he says, I'm just filling out, Bella. Ugh. <laughs> Cause he got big. He's big boy. Oh, he went to the gym. I don't know why I'm talking like this. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't love it, but I don't hate it. Okay, I'll take it. Most memorable slash favorite song from this movie is Hearing Damage by, it says, Thom York. <laughs> like, it's not T-H-O-M-A-S, like Thomas. It's T-H-O-M. And I've never seen it spelled that way for a first name. So I don't know if Tomas? it's Tom or Thom. It's just T-H-O-M. Oh, Tom. Yeah. It's just weird, though, to have the H in there for some reason yeah, well, when it doesn't have the ass at the end. Life. Okay. Well, it's missing the ass, and <laughs> I didn't know what to do with it, so. Okay. Sorry, Tom. You I, have... I like your song, though. Sorry about your ass. Sorry about your ass. Big names in New Moon are somehow Martin Sheen as Arrow, the leader of the Volturi. That's quite a big get. I don't really know how that happened, but, you know. I guess sometimes, I mean, sometimes people are probably just bored. Yeah, and I mean, it was a phenomenon, so I I suppose I can understand people wanting to jump on that and being like, yeah, hell yeah, I'll be a vampire in that. Well, I've also heard it described as, like, like thinking about, I, I don't know, thinking about acting and actors and whatnot, I think for us basic ass people, it can seem like this like incredible, magical, once in a lifetime sort of thing. But I guess if that is your job, that it's probably like a normal job. I mean, I've sort of heard that yeah. like it's like a normal job where there, there are like projects you take on because you really love them. And then you're like, wow, this looks dumb. And then you see how much they're willing to pay you. And you're like, OK, yeah, I can do that. Like yeah, it's OK. At times it's just a job. Yeah, it's like taking the night stocking shift at Walmart because it pays well. Yeah. Okay. All right. Fine. You're right. Uh, okay. Did you watch the most recent season of Stranger Things? Because if you didn't, this you're probably not going to know this person. I, I did, yes. Okay. So uh, Jamie Campbell Bauer of Stranger Things plays Caius, another of the Volturi. He was – I don't want to give things away. Um, He was the orderly. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. I kind of uh, he's it. in it's this. Been a minute. I'm just I'm just so bad with names and I this sounds this is the gayest shit, but particularly men's names and faces, I do not have space in my brain. That is the gayest shit. 
I think I've ever heard. I really, I can see like a woman once and I'll be like, uh, do you remember that lady I saw from like five meters away with her like gorgeous (laughs) blue green eyes and like light smattering of freckles. And then like, I have guy friends where I'm like, do they have a beard or not? Like, I don't know. We've been friends. Like, does he, I'm like, man, that guy friend of mine is either like, I don't know. He's between five, five and six, five. And he's either like white or black or like Latino. And he certainly has a face and I would (laughs) venture two ears though. I cannot be sure. He's, he's got features and I I bet they're good ones. Has a corporeal form. Ooh, look at you. (laughs) Corporeal continental gentleman. Okay. Ooh, Ooh, call back. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) You know how we've talked about being the most basic and getting sister tattoos? Now I think they should just be (laughs) corporeal continental gentlemen. And it's like a a skeleton in a suit with a bouquet. Doing a little like... Okay, but the skeleton can't have a face. It has to be a faceless man with a book. Okay. 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 Perfect. Somebody, can somebody draw that for us, please? That would make me so happy. I just if someone right will draw on the that, ankle. I will get it tattooed. Same. Okay. Those who the hell was I talking about? Okay. Martin Sheen, Jamie Campbell Bauer. Those are two of the Volturi. There's three of them though. And the third, I don't know who plays this guy. I fucking love him. He looks dead ass bored in all of these movies <laughs> he looks dead which i mean he technically is his name is marcus the character i fucking love marcus he is my soul mister i love him he's the best is he can, can you tell like in his eyes he is just there for the paycheck i think so he like yeah. it's bare minimum like i am here because i have a 14 year old niece and also like i did get a nicer apartment and the rent is high (laughs) i will say that i do remember from the books that he is supposed to be bored looking but he nails it so hard like i it might not be acting it might just be him and anna kendrick like they saved these movies for me and i'm jumping ahead but there is a point in (laughs) In the last movie where two vampires come at him to dismember him and he just puts his hands out and goes, finally. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's actually pretty great. And I died. Oh. I love him so much. That's how I want to go out. <laughs> just like, okay. I'm come ready. At me. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do this. <sighs> okay. So this movie ends with Edward telling Bella that his condition, if she wants him to change her into a vampire, is that she marry him. Because what is true love without conditions? <laughs> right? And f- forcing marriage? Yes. They could have been on the ultimatum. <gasps> they could have. What I don't understand, because he has to like really convince Bella to actually marry him, and I'm like, so you're willing to become a vampire for eternity and hang out with his family forever, but you won't walk down the aisle. Like that was one of those situations where I was like, you're being dumb. If that's all he wants, what the fuck is wrong with you? 
Okay, I'm glad that is something I do remember and it did not make sense. And I was like, maybe no. I just don't have enough context. No, it's just poor writing. Okay, cool. Yeah, that it's fits just with the context stupid. of Twilight. Now I got it. Yes. Because it's like, I don't care that her parents are divorced. It's like, you are literally making a lifetime commitment to this person anyway. If he wants a ceremony, what is your problem? Yeah. I mean, his family, is, it seems like somehow rich. So it's not like you're going to have to pay for it. Yeah. Well, apparently Dr. Cullen is like the most successful doctor in the world. None of the other ones work. They're all adults. None of them work. He's just like carrying this entire family everywhere they go. Oh my God. Can you imagine if you, mom and dad, and I had to live together in the same house for a century? No, never. Yeah. You, I mean, you and I would have killed each other. Like when you were in high school and I was in junior high, it was like, oh we had gosh. to get you out of there. Yeah. It would be terrible. I mean, they have a great house, but still that doesn't yeah, solve they everything. Do have a cool house. Their yeah. house is amazing. Lots of windows. Confused by that, but. You do you, I guess. Third movie, Eclipse. Book published in 2007. Theater release June 2010. <laughs> this one also has a different director. Uh, David Slade directs this one. He has also directed 30 Days of Night, Breaking Bad, Hannibal the TV series, and Black Mirror Bandersnatch. Uh, those aren't all of his credits. Those are just ones that I pulled. So again, not a newbie to the life yeah. of directing. Um, in this movie, Edward is, as we talked about, still trying to get Bella to marry him while Bella tries to convince Edward to change her. Also, Jacob is aggressively and problematically trying to win her affections, mostly sans shirt. Plus, there's an army of newborn vampires led by bad girl Victoria that comes for and is defeated by the Cullens. <sighs> just that. Okay, yeah, I mean, just that. That's all that should need, should ever be said. The sad part is the army of newborn vampires is more of a subplot to all the other bullshit going on yeah. romantically between the three of them. Anything? I, I really, I'm sorry. I'm trying to think of anything, but I'm just like, I'm just like stuck on like, we're only on the third one and there are multiple to go. I'm I'm just doing quickies, thankfully. Uh, this movie slash story is where we cover the imprinting concept. Ugh. Which is explained by Jacob as, quote, It's not like love at first sight, really. It's more like gravity moves suddenly. It's not the earth holding you here anymore. She does. You become whatever she needs you to be, whether that's a protector or a lover or a friend. We'll discuss these problems a little more towards the end when we talk about whether this holds up. But go ahead and just, just keep that in mind. Keep it in the corner of your brain. Could I still be with Kelsey, but then have whatever's happening there? Could I have somebody who's just like cleaning my house and cooking for me, but I don't have to do anything because I'm like, that's what I need. Um, I mean, by that definition, potentially. Hmm, cool. It's super problematic. Like that would not be a healthy relationship. But I mean, I really hate cooking and cleaning. So, so, you, you know, know, I get it. I get you. We all have our toxic traits. Uh, speaking of toxic traits, Jacob forces himself on Bella in this movie, Ooh. and she sprains her hand by punching him in the face because of it. Ooh. He uh, he forces a kiss on her, and she tells him to stop, and he kind of doesn't. So That's gross. I hate that. Yeah. Yeah, I was extremely uncomfortable when I watched that. Uh, and they make it kind of funny later because he brings her back from wherever the hell they were and 
Edward immediately knows what happens because he can read minds. Forgot to mention that. Most of you Twihards probably know that. And then he says some sort of quippy line about how like, well, and then she broke her hand because she punched me in the face. And it, I don't, it's just done in a way that's almost like, oh my gosh, isn't that kind of like silly that she tried to defend herself, but because he's a werewolf, she ended up hurting herself when he forced himself on her. It's cute. Yeah, it's like my my issue with Edward. I mean, there are a lot, but he doesn't have other than being attractive like he's not he's not interesting and he's no. just like they both are incredibly gross about each other but he's just like so infantilizing and possessive and and blah from what i remember but then jacob seems like the kind of guy he seems like the creepy nice guy yes yeah who's like been quote unquote friend zoned which i hate that term yeah yeah. No, he, he seems like where all of his buddies are just like, ah, like, I don't know why she's not giving you a shot. You've been such a good friend. And it's like, well, sometimes you don't want to fuck your friends and that's why they're friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And it sucks, too, because in the second book slash movie, I actually felt like there was more of a connection between Jacob and Bella. Like they actually seem to have things in common. You know, when Edward like left her to go be dramatic in Rome, they were actually like doing things together and bonding and seemed to be really good friends. And it seemed like maybe it could be romantic. And then it turns into that, like you said, creepy, nice guy thing. And it's like, it really didn't have to be that. It just dawned on me, like love triangle, classic, classic trope, right? Oh, yeah. What I think is so annoying, and obviously I do not know the books and movies well enough, but what normally with like a love triangle and why it works is that let's say it's like girl and it's two hot guys and it's like she is trying to choose between them. I think the reason this feels like extra obnoxious and gross is that she has already chosen. Yeah, it's still like Jacob, like, no, we're in a love triangle. Like, there's still a chance. <laughs> Even though it's like she chose book one, like doesn't isn't it pretty clear like book one and then like in book two, I know you said that they have that time apart, but it seems like she's very clearly chosen and he keeps being like, no, it's a love triangle. Like I'm an option and it's like you're not anymore. Like you're just you're not. And that to me is the most annoying because I've had. One, it's just annoying in general because it's incredibly disrespectful and it's this, yes, you're deserving of love, but that doesn't mean you deserve a specific person's love and affection. No, you're absolutely right. Two, it's just the like, I don't know, I'm sorry, it's making me so angry that I can't even think because I do, I really hate, and I've had guy friends like that with me knowing that I'm gay. And I've also had guy friends who talk about like other women like that of just uh-huh. like the like friend zone thing and it's always just shocking it's always just shocking and disappointing being like but I'm really nice and I treat her well it's like cool that's how like yeah that's called being a friend like a decent person yeah what what pisses me off is that straight dudes will be so like oh, I've been friend zoned and stuff and I'm like I was a lesbian and a very rural conservative state do you know how many quote-unquote friend zones I got all of them I was constantly friend zoned and you know what I did I handled it because I'm not a fucking little bitch yes and that's what annoys me because I'm like I had to accept like in high school not as much in college but in high school and 
a little bit junior high, like when I realized I was at first, I was like maybe bisexual. But then like when I realized I was gay, I I had to realize and this was the most upsetting part was that like every person that I could potentially be attracted to, there was an incredibly, incredibly slim chance that it would ever even be a possibility because it wouldn't just be like like when you're straight there's more of a chance because you're like well at least we have this baseline straightness you know there's yeah. like something that yeah. could happen and then you're like oh I like them but they don't like me with with this I'm like there's already such a low chance that any of these other girls are going to be bi or gay mm-hmm. and then on top of that there's going to be the chance that even if they are they're not going to be into me and I'm like I was able to maturely handle that at 15 when I came out so when men are like oh I live in a city and this one woman wasn't into me their egos can't handle it can they no it's like no why doesn't this one person find me attractive what's wrong with them and what do I need to do to convince them that I am attractive and they are attracted to me and they're so lucky that I'm into them right that I'm nice to them just be nice to people I've been broken up with by women I was nice to. And you didn't stalk them or make them uncomfortable or force yourself upon them. Weird. Yeah. Like, was I was I cringy? I was probably cringy about it. And I was just like, that's different. All, you know, classic breakup, like really sad. But I, that that is the thing that drives me crazy is when you, you're already playing at the easiest level and you're complaining about it and being so entitled. That is such a good point. So if I could be in a red state and a very small red state and I could deal with it, if you can't deal with it, it's because you're weak. You're a little bitch. You're a little baby back bitch and you're weak and maybe you don't deserve love. (laughs) Maybe you don't. Not everybody does. Sorry. You know, if you're a shitty person, then it's like, yeah, it's no wonder nobody wants to be with you. Mm -hmm. Maybe you're the problem. Maybe stop being shitty for a little bit. See what happens. Or just a little bit. A little bit. But also, you still might not get exactly what you want, and, and you're just going to have to be okay with that. Yes. And that is the thing that a lot of times, especially in, like, YA media upsets me. It's, like, mm. and it's usually the dude, he'll be shitty, and then he'll change. And because he's changed, he then gets what he wants. Yes. And I'm, like... It's it's good. I get I get the mentality of like, oh, he was he was shitty and now that he's not shitty, he's attracting people into his life. But I'm like, I think we need to start sending the message of just because you do that, it doesn't mean then like you you deserve somebody's time or attention or affection. Yeah, you have to be really careful with that concept, especially when you're talking to younger people who yeah. aren't gonna quite get that. God, and apparently men between the ages of like 18 and 50. 80. Oh, 80. <laughs> 80. <laughs> I think it's closer to, to 80. <laughs> yeah. And I'll, I'll also say definitely like I've seen this like same toxic behavior, not with like gay ladies I know, but I, I've definitely seen it from women Mm-hmm. who date women and I'm I'm sure I'm like there are gay men who do it I just think it's not as prevalent I'm not saying like it's just straight guys but has it been something that like constantly I have noticed and have to deal deal with firsthand as either the target or the friend of a person who's like I just don't know why she wouldn't let me buy her a drink uh, she didn't have to be a bitch about it and it's like what did she say no thank you like, oh bitch i'm so sorry oh my god i just stepped on your ego my bad on my way to buy my own drink 
all the way to buy my own drink. <laughs> Boop. Beep. Well, uh, our most cringeworthy line in this movie is by our little bitch Jacob to Edward. And the line is, let's face it, I am hotter than you. Oh, God. that You sent me that clip. Because doesn't he has to like cuddle? Yes, because she's freezing because it's snowy and Edward's cold because he's a vampire. So he can't warm her up. So Jacob has to come in and like snuggle her through the night. And then they have a really awkward boy to man boy talk. And it's it's a lot. But yes, he uh, says that to Edward. And it's supposed to be so funny because it has a double meaning. I found it really uncomfortable to watch because some of the clips you sent and just some of the little things I remember, it really is like they don't, especially Jacob does not care about, like Bella isn't a factor in this almost. It's just like, it's like he has to. It's like the competition. Yeah. And he has to be Edward. And if he does, then he's allowed to like win Bella. And so like some of the comments he says, I'm like, if that was truly like, if this is something you care about and they're truly like freezing like I think there's like it seemed like she was supposed to be going all hypothermia even though it's like guys come on but whatever yeah I'm like the fact that you would be like making inappropriate comments and making it really uncomfortable for her boyfriend yes and it's then just like commenting like making jokes about like oh it'd be better if you were naked but not really even saying it to that person you're like like she's sick yes exactly and you're taking advantage of that of the situation she's in. And making it gross. Yeah. And purposefully confrontational. Yeah. Yes. No, he gets uh, cringier and cringier. Let's move on to memorable song, though, which is Let's Get Lost by Beck. Another another great song. I'm, I'm telling you guys, get on Spotify or wherever and look up the soundtracks to these because they're really good. <laughs> I'm going to have to... Because I cannot, like, I will get so angry if I see, like, the little, like, Twilight soundtrack. I'm going to have to, like, find, because there's a lot of songs I've, I forgot that I loved. Yeah. That happened to be on these soundtracks. And I remember being like, oh, I love that song. And then realizing, like, oh, god damn it, Twilight <laughs> used it. But I'm, I'm just going to have to, like, add them to my own playlist. There you go. Okay. I'll, I'll send you the mm-hmm. list I put together. How about that? And then you don't have to search through Ooh. the soundtrack. Thank you. I love it. Your Welks. Our big name in this is Bryce Dallas Howard uh, replaces Rochelle Lafavre. Um, I don't know who that is, but she was the original Victoria and she was replaced due to scheduling conflicts in this movie. So Bryce Dallas Howard takes over. That was confusing. I do think we yes. watched this one and that made it confusing, especially as somebody who was like forced to be there. And then like, <laughs> like what the I, hell I mean, I just kind of was like, I'll roll with it, I guess. Breaking Dawn. The book was published in 2008. So this is the last book. Part one, though, of the movie was released in theaters in November of 2011. And both parts were directed by Bill Condon. Uh, he also directed The Others, Dreamgirls, and the Beauty and the Beast live action movie. Uh, synopsis for this one is short and sweet. Wedding, headboard breaking, marital sex, and surprise CGI baby. <laughs> It's a lot. And that CGI baby is terrifying. Also, apparently before CGI baby, it was going to be an animatronic baby, but it was so terrifying. It was so terrifying, Sid, that none of the cast could act around it. That's how scary it was. (laughs) They're already struggling. Yeah. (laughs) Right. They're like, you guys, you can't be worse, please. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. That is 
ah, that is horrifying. They could have just, (laughs) okay. I really, I want to see what that animatronic baby looked like though. Oh God. Yeah. I wonder if somewhere on the internet it lives. I, it has to be somewhere, but it sounds like for the most part, it's been like hidden away. (laughs) So the demon can't escape. Travel through the internet, infect I, all of our minds. I think Outlaw deceased. I think what I read is that they started calling it Chuck Esme, <laughs> <laughs> which I mean, that is pretty that's not that is pretty the cleverest, but like it's not I, the cleverest, it. but it is funny. Yeah, I get what you're going for. Uh, okay, so the imprinting concept comes in full force and brimming with pedophilia when Jacob imprints on Edward and Bella's baby Renesme. Wait, her name is Renesme. You didn't re- Sid, how do you not remember that? Of all the things, yes, because Bella combined her mother's name and Edward's mother's name. So her mom is named Renee and Edward's mom is named Esme. Renesme. Be honest, did you find this to be beautiful when you read it and were like, if I have children? Actually, honestly, that was the part of the books where I went, uh, like, no, they won't stick with that. This is why teenagers shouldn't have kids. Yes. It sounds like something we would have called one of our Barbies and fought over. <laughs> I wish we would have had this name when we played Barbies. Six and nine. Just like, no, I'm Renesme. No, That's I am. So bad. I'm going to tell your kids so they can use it for their Barbies. Oh, okay. So in this one, Bella gets pregnant while human. Dies during childbirth, but is able to be turned into a vampire using Edward's venom. I mean, among other things, I was weirded out by the fact that they dress her in this really nice blue dress while she's unconscious during the transition. I'm like, put me in something comfortable while there's venom (laughs) pulsing through my body, please. Like you just gave birth, died, and you're coming back and they're just like, we need her to look hot, though. Literally, they put her in like a deep blue shift dress and then she's running through the woods hunting down a deer later. I'm like, is that what you want to be wearing, hunting down a deer when you're first a vampire? (laughs) I'm just picturing Edward in that (laughs) same dress, just like sprinting. Deer hunting. Maybe, look, we shouldn't be insensitive. Maybe it is a vampiric tradition, and regardless of gender, everybody wears a sexy blue dress upon change. If that is the case, I am fine with it. I don't think that's the case, but I I appreciate you trying because I know you don't have to, (laughs) and I appreciate that you're trying. (laughs) I note that twihards. I did try this time. She did. She tried really hard. Instead of a cringeworthy line for this one. I've chosen a cringeworthy moment, just one. <laughs> so earlier, obviously, before she gets pregnant and whatnot, Jacob shows up at their wedding reception and figures out that Bella and Edward are going to have a real honeymoon, aka sex, and he gets real furious because he's sure that Edward is going to kill her in the process. Uh, Again, it's super awkward. He's trying to convince Bella not to. She's like, it's really none of your business. He makes it his business. He gets thrown out. It's gross and weird. Yeah, this is like very much the it's it's like not coming from a friend place of like, hey, have you thought of like the logistics of this? And like, have you talked right. with like your partner and stuff? It's like that should be mine. No, he's just angry about it. That is disgusting. I hated it. And he doesn't kill her. So there he just almost kills her because the baby almost kills her. 
Or, I mean, technically does. Childbirth is dangerous. Yeah. Oh, and he, okay, I don't have this in my notes and it's so gross, but okay. Um, during labor, because Carlisle is like out hunting. So the doctor is gone. Oh, okay. If only there was a vampire or a werewolf, something, something that could hunt. No, but has to be Carlisle. Okay. We'll send out the doctor. <laughs> so he's gone. So of course, these bloodthirsty vampires are there trying to deliver this baby with all this blood. And Edward has to bite open her stomach to like pull the baby out. It's actually an incredibly gruesome scene. The whole childbirth scene is like, I mean, there's blood everywhere. Like the baby's covered in, but I mean, it was actually kind of realistic to be honest, but um, mm. yeah, no, he has to like bite her open and it's a lot. That is just like, she's not a vampire at that point. Mouths are so dirty. And there's not precision. Nobody could find Carlisle's tools or he just thought it would be faster. He took them deer hunting. Yeah. (laughs) He just needed a little snack. I don't know. God, I have actually, because Instagram, and I think somebody was probably trashing this scene. I saw a clip of it. Um, Not all of it, but just like the blueness and him biting her all over. Yeah. And I was like, okay, Instagram, I'm trying to eat a okay. burrito. <laughs> okay, most memorable songs from this movie are Christina Perry's A Thousand Years. Uh, yep. That was huge. And it's oh what my I God. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's also what I remember as Bella and Edward's wedding song, but it's actually just played during the end credits. Uh, there was a music video for it that has scenes from their wedding in it, which is probably why I was confused. Turning Page by Sleeping at Last actually plays while she walks down the aisle, and then they have Flightless Bird, American Mouth during their wedding vows. So that makes a reappearance. That makes me so mad. I know. It's such a good song, though. I know. I just, it makes me so angry because, like, I've been working on my wedding playlist and I have that song on there. Keep it. I mean, I'm going to, but it just, like, oh, if you have ideas for the playlist, you should send them to me. Everything from the Twilight soundtrack, just add it. In order, reenact. I'm going to tell everybody, I'm going to tell the photographer, be like, hey, could you make it more blue? Do you you have a blue filter for that camera? Because we're going to need it. Straight up. I want it to look like we're in fucking Avatar. (laughs) I just imagine that they took one of those like viewfinder slides or something, like a blue one, and just put it over the camera lens. I, because they're like, good, good. we're good. No, yeah, this is fine. I I kind of remember somebody going through who actually does that sort of editing and pointing out like the main issue is that it's so one tone that it's not yes. that it does look like it's just like one filter instead of having subtleties or almost like shade shades yeah. <laughs> shoes <laughs> I don't know what you'd call it anything depth taste <laughs> part two Released in theaters November 2012. Okay, we're getting to the end. Synopsis. Bella becomes a vampire who is abnormally good at not eating people. CGI baby becomes CGI kid, and the Cullens are once again up against the Volturi. Wait, there wasn't a kid who played? Eventually there was, but they still CGI'd the hell out of the younger kid because they wanted her so much to look like both Kristen Stewart and the child actor who did play Renesme, which was uh Mackenzie Foy, actually. I don't I don't Okay, she's who? been in stuff. Okay. I mostly know her from the um 
the Nutcracker movie that Disney did recently with Keira Knightley. I haven't seen it. Oh, it's a good movie. It's really beautiful. Okay. Okay. Anyway, yes. No, there's still a lot of CGI and it is disturbing. Uh, We meet a lot of new vampires in this movie, but Garrett, the vampire, is a smoke show. I don't know who this man is. He's beautiful. He stepped onto the scene. He was like attacking and eating a guy. And I was like, who are you? (laughs) Even with his red eyes, he is gorgeous. Uh, Apparently his name is Lee Pace. I didn't know him from anything. He's gorgeous. That name actually sounds familiar. You need to look him up as Garrett, though. He's beautiful. Because I looked up other pictures of him, and he's still attractive, but there was something about him as this vampire that I was like, excuse me, why did we not get more of him? Wait, really? Oh. Are you looking at the right thing? Yeah. I don't know if you are. Huh. Let me send no, you a picture. it ain't picture. that. It ain't that. You stop it. You just hold on. I don't feel like you're Googling right. Okay, send me a picture and I will have the same response. He kind of looks like he could be in Foo Fighters. Oh, he totally. Okay, so you are looking at the right guy. I don't know. There's something about him that as soon as he popped onto the screen, I was like, oh, I'm invested again. (laughs) Excuse me. (laughs) Well, I mean, I am. Yeah, you're the wrong audience. We're not each other's target audience. So, (laughs) yes, that's all right. Listeners, hear me out. Garrett is where it's at. Okay. So the Volturi come to confront the Cullens because they think that they have made a child vampire, which is bad. Uh, they don't understand that Renesme is, in fact, like half human, half vampire, mm-hmm. was born naturally, blah, blah, blah. The thing that pisses me off most about this movie, and mm-hmm. I mean, there are a few things, but there's a very long battle scene in this movie. Do you remember this battle scene? I mean, it's there's lots of heads coming off, so I feel like you'd remember it. A tiny bit. Okay. None of it is real. It just ends up being a vision that Alice shares with Arrow, the leader of the Volturi, telling him what will happen essentially if he makes a certain choice. I... <laughs> That is the most obnoxious fucking trope of like, it's all a dream. Yes. It feels like it was just done to like generate buzz. And I remember people in the theater like audibly gasping because the first person to get beheaded is Carlisle and Arrow like holds up his head with this smirk. And so people are like, this didn't happen in the book. And they go into this whole long ass battle. It felt like it was 20 minutes. I think it's only eight minutes and none of it is real. That is really long for a scene. None of it's real. It was so dumb. Oh, my God. Yeah. So that was that was annoying and pointless. I think someone just wanted to choreograph a battle scene. Stupid. They were, they were trying to do something for all of the... They knew like a lot of straight girls had brought their very stereotypical boyfriends. So they're like, here's some action, buddy. Yeah. Like this movie needs some action because literally... There is no battle and most everybody walks away unharmed. I think one person does get dismembered. One vampire. Not enough. Irina? Oh, yeah, because she was the one who told the Volturi that they had an immortal child and she was wrong. So they dismembered her and lit her on fire. Well, do better research. But her sisters were there. So that was kind of a bummer. Anyway. Well, I just want you to know if you were going to be dismembered and lit on fire for giving... Incorrect information. It, yeah, I would do a little bit more. Thank you. I appreciate that. 
for sure. They did try to attack him afterwards, but everybody else held them back. Afterwards, though, I mean, geez, maybe start it early. Well, not just like, oh no, oh god, my sister. Ah, oh dear. Okay, I'm ready now. I'm ready for battle. Listen, you don't know their life, okay? By choice, by choice. My most cringeworthy line is when Jacob says to Edward, Should I start calling you dad now? Mm. I'm so glad you took a drink. <laughs> and it turned to ash in my mouth. That is <laughs> why I'm I, I just am like first he he is like trying to force himself and is like creeping on the woman you say you love mm-hmm. and allegedly would hopefully respect. Then he's like, hey, I'm going to just make it where your child will will grow up with no choice but to end up with me, pretty much. Mm-hmm. And he, Edward's just like, ah, that scamp. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. But it's happy, Sid, because then they all still get to be in each other's lives. And that's why Jacob was so bonded to Bella. Like, that was the reason. And now it all makes sense. Your face... I- you're so angry. I'm so angry. And now I'm judging a little bit people who like it at this point. <laughs> I said I wouldn't, but now I'm like, guys, I guess like if you were if you were 16 at the time, sure. If you're an adult and you don't see what's wrong with it, I am judging you. If you're an adult and you're like, this is trash and I know it and I know that it's wrong, but I still like it. Okay, fine. We all like problematic shit. But mm-hmm. if you if you ever try to explain any of these things to me to make them to be like, well, well, hold on, hold on. You don't have the full info. I don't need the full information to be like, you know what? In my worldview, I'm never going to be OK with a 18 plus year old man planning on wooing a child like I don't. You can't explain that in a way where I'm like, no, nah, that's you're right. You're right. In context, it's so much better now. No. No, you're right. And yeah, as an adult, I'm like, holy shit, that's so messed up. As a younger person, as a teenager, I didn't see anything wrong with it. And that legitimately does scare me because it was so normalized in this setting and it was excused by being like, well, it's in the description that he gives of like, well, you know, I'm just like her protector and friend until I wait for her to get old enough and then it's going to be romantic and that's fine. And now I'm like, that's grooming. That's that, fucking grooming. <laughs> but it didn't occur to me. That is so frightening and also so frustrating because I think like a lot of gay women are feminists. Not all, but a lot. And when you find that out younger, I feel like you do like this kind of bullshit doesn't really work on you. Mm-hmm. And then people are just like, oh, you're a killjoy or like you don't get it because you're gay or like, ah, oh, you're just like I said, a feminist killjoy. And so it's so frustrating because I'm like, I remember these bits and I remember finding them enraging and disgusting when I was a teenager. And it was so frustrating that people like older than me and people around my age were just like, oh, no, you're just like that because you're gay. Like you mm-hmm. just don't get it. Right. And, and it's just infuriating. And we're the pervs. <laughs> yeah, I I can't get over that. I mean, it's like say what what you want to say about everything else. This is the part that I feel like is pretty unforgivable. Yes. Like the other stuff, it's bad, but it's bad in a way that like we all have that stuff that we're like, look, 
I know, Mm -hmm. logically, I know maybe the writing isn't good. Almost like I know (laughs) that this is not really profound writing, but it means something to me because of like the people I met or because of like the story it was to me at that time. We all have pieces of media like that. Yes. And that I can, that I excuse. But then this is where I'm like, this is the cutoff point. This is where I'm just like, how and why and how, how could an adult woman be like, I already have all of this success and all of these young girls and I have like all all these, this audience and I'm going to put this in there Mm -hmm. and make it okay. And that's what really pisses me off. And claims to be a feminist. Yeah, you are not a feminist. You dumb. Yeah, you dumb. Memorable songs. Yep. The Antidote by St. Vincent and a Green Day song called The Forgotten. I'm just like so mad. <laughs> well, about these plots. I know, I know. About the music that I like being in these plots. I know. I knew you were going to be mad. We're going to we're going to get through this, no okay? Day. Okay. Okay, last part of, or last category for this movie is big names. Um, Rami Malek plays a vampire named Benjamin in this movie who can influence the elements. Sorry, who is that? He was uh, Mr. Robot. He's, I mean, he's pretty big time now. Um, yeah, I'm just, I, I truly, I know like f- the names of very obscure celebrities because of the weird nerd shit I like. So I'm just like, huh? Oh, he was um, in the, oh my gosh, Queen biopic. Okay. Yeah. No, I know who you're talking about He played now. Freddie yeah. Mercury. Yeah. Yeah. That guy. He's very distinct looking. Anyway, he was in it. So we're moving on to the conclusion. So I'm going to share some of my memories <laughs> of this. Okay, please do. One of my funniest memories, other than dragging you to the theaters <laughs> to sit next to me and watch these oh in a very serious way was I made (laughs) I didn't make I asked mom to get movie tickets for my co-worker friends and me for one of the movies and she had to wait in line outside the theater for these and some dudes drove by and started heckling the people in line and shouting things like Edward is ugly and then these girls next to her started shouting back she was so mortified she was like never make me do that again. Like, I am not doing that for you again. I, well, I, I, cause I remember this and mom truly was like (laughs) angry about and upset and mortified. I remember that the worst part was it wasn't, she was waiting with other women her age and they were like, that's That's what I I remember is that it wasn't like, it was like mom and like these 16 year old girls. So yeah, yeah, it really looked like mom was a twy hard and a part of this group who was yelling at like these teenager girls like dudes i'm sorry mom oh mutt 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 now you have a favorite you really (laughs) really did mamert oh dear um i also did i i don't think i made you go to the midnight showings i think i went again and took you which is even sadder i really i can't remember i know though i know that there were conditions and I remember that we truly like, like countries at war. 
<laughs> we had to negotiate our terms. And it was that I would go with you. You had to buy the ticket and you had to buy my snacks. And I got one candy and my own popcorn. And then also because there was an there were incidences with when you took me to the first one where I was like laughing and people were getting really <laughs> mad. And it wasn't even like I wasn't even trying to be a dick, but it's like, go to that and not be into it and try not to laugh. And so you would get really annoyed and also just be like, this is a serious moment. And then I would just start laughing harder because like realizing everybody is like so into the, like, it was just so hard. But then you gave me, um, you said I had three laughs. I had three big laughs at things that weren't funny. And I remember that condition. And those were the terms. <laughs> it was honestly more dangerous for you to be laughing in there because people, <laughs> I mean, myself included, were very serious about that. And you could have had like a mob come after you. Let me just say, if a mob of Twilight fans <laughs> could kill me, then I deserve it. What if they straight up dismembered you? I deserve it. If they, if, if a bunch <laughs> of straight 16-year-old girls and tight polo shirts could have killed me then it would have been it i would have deserved that that as i stood by and went no don't Don't. and then after i'm dead you're like i'm going to fight for my sister (laughs) oh my gosh we didn't even talk about shit the last clip i sent you with the laugh did you watch that? I what the hell? Scre- I was watching these clips at like one a.m. and I Why realized did you do that? I don't know. I was screaming, laughing. <laughs> it was just—it's horrific and disturbing and hilarious and just unhinged. If no, if someone doesn't know what we're talking about, just Google Arrow's laugh in Breaking Dawn Part Two. I will make that one of the clips that I put on the page that has our sources, our website, which is ruiningourchildhood.com. It's fine in the blog. Like, I remember that moment, but I I didn't remember it being quite that wild. And before that, was this in the clip that I sent you where he says, Bella? (laughs) His tongue like waggles around. And then he does his like, (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's it was, there's no reason. <laughs> no. <laughs> Once again, I'm like, it's not just it, the actors get most of the flack, but I'm like, there are directors, like there are so many people working on this, and not a not a single person or not I don't know what it is, not a single person or not enough people were like, maybe we go a different route, maybe we go well, a different direction with this one. And was that an accident? Like, was he doing a vocal exercise and they kept it in and later Martin Sheen was like, what the fuck? This is your episode, so I don't know. Martin Sheen, please reach out to us. Have your people contact our people. I'm sure he's been asked about that so many times. So many times. Okay, anyway, I I couldn't move on without talking about that and I can't believe I almost forgot. (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm glad we spoke about it. It deserved... It deserved to be chatted. Yeah. I want to get one of... This thing feels so awkward. I kind of want to get a hat like yours. A hat? A dead cat? A dead cat, yeah. Yeah, you are like right up on that pop filter. Yeah, because it just... It's just weird. You're imprinting on that pop filter right now. (laughs) (laughs) It's my wife now. Oh, oh, oh. Nailed it. (laughs) 
it was good. It was horrible and good, and I don't want to be here anymore. Well, too bad because I have more memories. Oh Next no! Next memory. It's just a going to the midnight showings with my friends and coworkers. I made t-shirts for one. We don't need to talk that much about it. I I remember the homemade t-shirts. Yeah, you They're made good you made homemade. Yeah, you made homemade t-shirts for Twilight. I made homemade t-shirts to protest uh, against Prop 8 at high school. So, you know, same thing. We all have our roles, okay? We all have our roles and our activism. Yes, and that was mine. Proud of you. So that was pretty exciting, mostly because I kind of just started this job. So to have like a group of female friends to go out with was kind of nice. And I will say... In defense, I will, I, I I think for Twilight, at least I think, I know for that group of friends, like it, it's special to them because that's how they all met and became really sure. close friends. And it's been like, some of them have been friends for just a very long time. So mm-hmm. I, I get, I get the connection. Like I yeah. get how there are those things. And, you know, I'm always here for female friendship, even when those bitches friend zone you. Am I right? <laughs> Am I right? Am I right, y'all? I'm going to have to turn the sound down so far on that. It's interesting that you mentioned friendships uh, because I might have actually ruined a friendship (gasps) over Twilight. Tell me the hot goss. I might be exaggerating a little bit, but also maybe not. Okay. So I accidentally spoiled Bella's pregnancy while a friend and I were reading the books over text. Like, it truly was an accident. And... After that, our friendship was never the same. <laughs> and we're not friends Wait, anymore. Which friend was it? Uh, oh, I thought that was more because she was into your now husband and he didn't. Yeah, like her. cracks were forming, but truly, like mm. that moment, like she was pissed. And I did not mean to. I misunderstood which book she either which book she was in or which book it happened in so we were like texting back and forth like oh my gosh can you believe this happened and i was like oh my gosh and can you believe bella's pregnant and she was like what and i was like oh uh no i can't believe it because i haven't got there so so fuck you uh yeah so i uh didn't really make friendships always over twilight but you know what that's okay because she was dead weight anyways uh, and her daughter's a sociopath. I'm going to have to cut that, but I'm saying it to you. No, you can keep that if we bleep the names. We're going to have to bleep all of these names anyways. All the names. So many names. Me just saying them again. Beep, 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 beep. beep, beep quack, quack, quack. I like to use a quack. Just make sure it's not too loud. Oh, yeah. Use a quack. Okay. I'll use a quack. Okay. This part does get a little bit sad and I guess trigger warning for pregnancy loss. Uh, but one of my worst memories is I actually started to miscarriage during one of the mis- midnight showings. Uh, I think it might have been Breaking Dawn Part 2. Uh, so that sucked. Just FYI. I didn't know. What? Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know why I'm laughing because I'm nervous. I don't think it's funny. No, I just, I didn't know. I just think it like this is being revealed to me. In the Twilight episode. <laughs> In the twi- and I'm not laughing because it's not funny. I just was not expecting this and, we're both, and it's just like this is where we lost all the listeners as we're just this, dying over this this is where all the therapists come in and they're like wow they're really good at dealing like 
handling their emotions in a healthy manner. <laughs> Guys, sorry. We're uncomfortable laughers. We always have been and we always will be. We do not think this is funny. No, God, no. I thought you knew. I don't know why. No. I I, I, mean, I told we... you at some point. No, no. So you just told me now. Um, Sorry, I thought I was just telling the listener. No, I, I, when you think about it, like we haven't, we got close after you moved out, but I feel like it's only been a like a few years pre podcast that we've actually gotten really close and started to like tell each other more personal things. Yeah. Sorry. And about now that. apparently on on the podcast. No, I just podcast is where we talk. I have. Yeah, I'm like I have a lot of questions now because this is a lot to take in. But I don't know if podcast so is the time to ask them. No. So sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't know. We're gonna get canceled. I think you're allowed to. I just okay. I think it's good that I think it's good that you put the warning and then maybe we should. Um, we could even put timestamp of like when it starts and when it ends. Oh yeah. That's probably Which a good idea. Could maybe be good. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to end on some of the controversy we've already talked about. There has been a little bit of backlash regarding Stephanie Meyer's use of the, Oh shoot. I meant to look up how to say this. I apologize. Uh, the Quillette legends. So the, the native tribes that she uses to, mm-hmm create the wolf pack stories essentially um members of that tribe have described her portrayal as cultural theft so there is that um and i can see why uh we have the obvious issues with jacob forcing himself on bella when she repeatedly tells him no and as i talked about it also seems to be kind of okayed because bella does eventually admit that she does love jacob just not as much as she loves edward yeah, th- that's so fucked up because it, it can also be like you can be attracted to somebody and still say no to them, too. Because yes. that almost kind of implies that, oh, he knew something that just wasn't being said. He pretty much says that a few times. Like, I know you have feelings for me. It's gross. It is gross. It's so gross. It's like even if you're in a relationship with somebody, uh, you still need consent. You know, just crazy. It It's so wild. Back to the ever-present imprinting. Uh, I read this Den of Geek article, which was pretty good, and pulled a quote about imprinting. Quote, Jacob imprinting on Renesmee may be the most problematic choice Meyer made in the entire series because it has so many bad implications like grooming and taking away agency. It is also, I imagine, one of the trickier things to translate into a visual medium. Like It could have been done in a way where it's pretty much like he could have been her godfather. It could have been almost like spoilers, like more of a, I don't know, taking the the Snape idea of like, I'm so in love with your mother, but like, I respect that she's not with me, which I don't know if Snape ever really did. But I guess my point is like, I'm so in love with your mother and I'm going to be respectful that she is not who I chose. So I mm-hmm. will just like pledge to protect one of exactly. the people she loves most in her life. Because that could have been a really powerful like if this was a completely different story written by somebody else and just better, I'm like, mm-hmm. that would have been a really touching moment. And also it would have made you feel for Jacob uh, if, if he had handled it that way and had been respecting her the entire time. And then mm-hmm. like, as this act is like, I will, I will always protect your child because you know yes. she's a part of you. But instead, like you just, I mean, I don't like, 
several of the characters by the end, but Jacob especially just left a bad taste mm-hmm. in my mouth. And he didn't start out that way. They had a very sweet and cute friendship at the beginning and it just, it got so ugly. So for all of those issues that I just mentioned, I would unfortunately say that Twilight does not hold up. Uh, I really did ruin my childhood this episode because I did not remember how bad it was. (laughs) Also, though, I will say that I stumbled across the fact that Lionsgate is working on turning this into a television series soon. There's no like release date or network or really any details uh, other than that, but you can watch for that and we can watch it together. (laughs) What I hope is because this is 2023 and obviously this is going to come out later is that they are at least aware enough to be like some of these things have to change. They have to. And honestly, for that reason alone, I would love to watch it because I would love to see if they make those changes that they need to uh, and also who they're going to cast for it if it does end up going through. It's hard now because I'm not a teenager anymore. So as I was trying to like recast it in my head, I started feeling very creepy because I'm like, well, I need to think of like actors and actresses that are in their early teens for a lot of these characters. And number one, I don't know a lot of them. But Mm -hmm. number two, I'm trying to in my head be like, well, who would be an attractive character for Edward? And it's like, I'm not, Uh, I'm in my 30s now. So I couldn't even begin to recast it. Yeah, and hopefully, I mean, they might go the CW route where they are casting like 20 and 30 year olds to play. True. Yeah, they probably But no, I mean, hopefully, like, because I know this does mean a lot to a lot of people. And obviously, I guess it's like, we're not getting rid of it. Like, it's not going to be buried. So Mm -hmm. girls are going to keep discovering this. So I would prefer that if there is more representation of it, that it is at least done well. So you, you can compare and be like, oh, wow, this is really different from the book. I wonder why. And then realizing like, well, this was like mid 2000s and it's been 20 years. Mm -hmm. I understand that like this is, they changed that because it was problematic and gross. Yeah, it'll be interesting if that does go through. That's my episode. Wow. It was a roller coaster and I'm giving myself a cookie. You deserve it. You stuck with me till the end and I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I had nothing else to do. <laughs> I'm kidding. You asked. No. I look forward to these because we talk. Me too. Because we do talk. We learn so much. Yeah. People are going to be like, are you even sisters? And the answer is probably. Probably. Based on nose printings. <laughs> yeah. Nose alone. We're nose DNA has sisters. proven. Yeah. <laughs> 23andMe now has like a, a nose scanner that you just take a little scan of that nose, a little like cast. You make your own little <laughs> nose cast, send it in, and they analyze it and they let you know. Oh my gosh, we should each do our own nose cast, like <laughs> each half of a heart, and then we put them together. <laughs> we could make the, ta- oh my God, we, we could make the tackiest, like, Christmas ornament and then give it to mom. Handmade ornament? Yeah. And we could be like, if you really think our noses aren't ugly, then put this on your tree. Prove it. Put it on the Christmas tree. (laughs) Put our nose heart on the tree, mom. Prove that you love us. And our schnozzes. Oh, boy. Oh, boy is right. 
That was a lot. Really? I took in a lot of content. Yeah, this is just going to be a, I wouldn't say like a feast for the ears. It's more (laughs) like a waterboarding for the ears, but here we are, baby. Yeah, and FYI, I didn't go back and reread any of the books because like, I know you said I should, but fuck you, I don't have that time, so... (laughs) No, that's fair. I uh, just wanted you to suffer a little. Movies were easier in in some ways. It well, it looked like Daisy was loving them. Your dog from the video you sent me. Daisy loves television. I'm not kidding. She loves it. Well, can you blame her? It's pretty cute. But I think particularly this one, the wolves were very intriguing to her. Was she trying to imprint on some wolves? I think she was feeling a little imprinty. <laughs> Look at this big bobbleheads. Like just bobbling around. I don't like us. I love us, but I don't like us. I don't like us right now. I do love your, your sweatshirt that just says pumpkin spice. It does. It's like a team shirt, a sports team shirt, <laughs> but for like a college shirt. I didn't do it college either (laughs) (laughs) but yes it does say pumpkin spice and i'm proud of it and i'm proud of you oh my gosh thank you yeah i I had a dream recently that mom just told me that she wasn't proud of me and i woke up (laughs) (laughs) oh i keep what do i keep putting my head on oh the a beam a beam (laughs) who put that there that's so sad it's also like the scariest thing that a parent can ever tell you. What what was so tearing, like she tore me down because it was obviously a dream about my own insecurities, but it was very believable. Not that mom would do this, but it was very believable and that like nothing, like my, I was in my bedroom on the phone with mom and like it looked like my bedroom in real life. And she called me out on my real job and compared me to you and your job and like our cousin and his. So it was like, it was just really like all of my insecurities and then Mutt was just like, mm, 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 which is funny now because I'm like, Mutt would never. No. Oh my gosh. Dream Mutt. Dream Mutt. No. Stop it. So mean. Rude. Uh, we need to end this. You've reached Sid and Riley. We can't come to the phone right now. So leave a message after the beep. Ruining Our Childhood was filmed in front of a live studio audience. Psych. But it is produced by us, Riley and Cassidy. With music by Joseph Tuna Medish. You can follow us on Instagram at ruiningourchildhoodpod. Or send us an email at ruiningourchildhoodpod at gmail.com. Support the show through our coffee account, ko-fi.com slash ruiningourchildhoodpodcast. Later.